Coming up next on the Wetfly Swing Podcast. I don't know if you've ever heard a smallmouth take a cork bug in the way that they actually do. They sip bugs. They don't really aggressively smash a bug like you would think they would. They go and they sip this bug, and you know it's a smallmouth when you hear this sound. It's like a toilet bowl. It's like, like it's such a weird sound, but man, that, that is addicting. That was Christian Miles describing his go-to flies for smallmouth, walking you through some of the most classic waters and flies today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the show. Would love if you can uh, take a moment you've been enjoying this podcast been listening uh to a few episodes you can share this that's the best way that we found that grows the show if you know somebody who needs a little uh a little uh, summary on virginia fly fishing smallmouth some tips and tricks then uh share this one out click that link in your app and give it a go today's episode is sponsored by fishhound expeditions putting together remote alaskan fly fishing trips for your next big trip of a lifetime we're going to be heading up there this summer to uh, dial this in. So if you want to check out more uh, and connect with Adam and the great stuff he has going, wetflyswing.com slash fishhound right now. That's F-I-S-H-H-O-U-N-D to get started with Fishhound. We're also sponsored by Angler's Coffee, roasting a full range of coffees with one goal in mind, delivering excellent coffee to every single angler. You can head over to wetflyswing.com slash anglers right now to support uh, anglers and this podcast. That's uh, anglers, A-N-G-L-E-R-S. Christian Miles takes us into Virginia today as we talk about some of the great waters and great flies that have come out of this historic part of the country. We find out when you should be planning your next uh, fishing trip and some of the special species that you may not have been thinking about that uh, Virginia offers we also talk about who uh, the greatest fly tire Christian knows, digs into that. That's really cool to hear about this uh, this guy who's not with us anymore, but has a pretty awesome selection of flies. So that's it. I love these state-by-state -state episodes as we continue to walk ourselves uh, around the country. And there's always, there's always much more than meets the eye. So this isn't all about Virginia. There's lots of good stuff on top of that. So without further ado, here is Christian Miles. How's it going, Christian? Hey, doing pretty good, man. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks for uh, setting aside a little time uh, this morning to dig into some on Virginia. We're we're going to dig into, we're doing this little roundup around of, uh, as we have time, kind of states of the you know the United States. And I can't remember how many we're into now. I think we're, maybe we're not quite at 10, but you're going to be our Virginia uh, person today to dig into a little broad stroke of Virginia and species there. But um before we get into that, let's talk about, you know, I know you uh, do some guiding. Um, tell me first how you first got into fishing and then taken into the guiding. So I think it was uh, 11 or 12 years old. I remember, you know, my mom, my dad, they had a, uh, they had a, a lake house and it was just a studio apartment really is what it was. It was on this hill and um, Smith Mountain Lake. And I remember, you know, always being kind of a fishy person. Um, grandfather took me out to the ponds on the farm and dad took me out to the beach to surf fish, you know, with just spinning conventional gear. And, uh, I just remember 
one of the last times we went to the lake house before we stopped renting it was i think it was when i was 12 and i went out to my dock in the morning and this guy was fly fishing on my dock and uh you know me being a 12 year old i was like hey man you're catching all my fish (laughs) you know what's going on you know and uh the guy was super super nice real nice guy and was like oh man i'm sorry i didn't know you guys were here you know i'm not trying to like step on any toes but you know i'm just fishing the docks for some bass this morning and uh i remember seeing fly fishing in shows movies all these different things and i was amazed by it but i never knew what it was and uh that's when the guy uh he said hey you know, I'm sorry I'm fishing your dock, but let me make it up to you. And I asked my mom if I could like hang out with this guy for a little bit on our dock. And uh, my mom was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And little benone, he taught me how to fly fish in like 30 minutes. Wow. You know, he just the basics. And he lended me his St. Croix rod. Um, I remember it was St. Croix. And, uh, his expensive reel. I mean, this rig was not cheap and he just lend it to me the entire day and his little fly box and little tippet holder. And I sat there on that dock from that morning till night. I I just remember how amazing it was just learning how to cast and learning how to catch these little bluegills and sunfish. And I was hooked. That was it, man. I was hooked. That's it. Wow. That's a really cool story. I love that, man. That's like, you know, that, that's that's giving back for sure, man. That guy is awesome to do that. So he gives you this rod. And are you, where were you at? Was this in Virginia? Yeah, this was in Virginia at Smith Mountain Lake. Oh, yeah, Smith Mountain Lake. Good. So we're going to, and we're going to take a tour around Virginia a little bit. And so I want to start to get my bearings. But, but yeah, that that's awesome. And that, that lake house you said you're not, uh, you guys don't have that anymore? No, we don't. No, my, my mom and my dad are now separated. Um and my dad lives in Withville, Virginia, and my mom is in Salem, Virginia, and I currently live in Salem, Virginia with my fiance. Oh, gotcha. Okay, perfect. All right, so that's it. So basically, you jump right in. You got this person into uh, you know that helps you get into it, and then uh, from that point, and then how long does it take before you start thinking like guiding is something you you want to get into, and then when do you get into that? So I remember, you know, after picking up fly fishing, um, you know, I was real young, so I had to ask. Uh, my parents to buy me supplies and stuff and from you know age like 12 to I want to say like 18 I wasn't an avid fly fisherman you know I still spin fish but I also fly fished but each year it was becoming more of a fly fishing and not spin fishing fishing experience and um, I just remember you know turning 18 or no, it was 17. Yeah. When I was turning 17, I got my first job and I really started to do more things in the summer with fly fishing. And now I'm, I'm 28 years old. And, uh, those 10 years were nothing but picking it up every summer, learning more and more and more. It, it was really just a hobby, something fun to do. And then once I got into fly tying, which was about six years ago, that's when everything really clicked. And that's when I knew that fly fishing was going to be a part of my life uh, for good. 
uh, I had put fly fishing down for maybe a year, year and a half. Um, I was in a relationship where, um, it was a controlling relationship where, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to do much. So, um, I got out of that real quick and Mm. I just remember, uh, I think it was maybe a week or two after that relationship. Um, I got back on the water, man, cause I missed it. It, yeah. it was, it was my calling and, and it was a stress reliever and was really just a part of me. That's it. And you're in it. And, and I think I ran into you, I can't remember where exactly, I think it was on Instagram. We, 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 I think I gave you a shout out and, um, and you were working at the time for a fly shop, right? That now is not open. Uh, what, what was the name of that shop? The shop was Big Lick Fly Fishing. And the fly shop is named after what Roanoke was actually named. Roanoke, Virginia was Big Lick, Virginia, way back in the day. Um, And a lot of different places have really kind of stuck with the old traditional name of Roanoke, uh, like Big Lick Brewing. We had nothing to do with them, but there's, you know, different places and different uh, avenues of businesses that have really retained that big lick name. And, uh, I thought it was a really cool shop. It was small. It was, uh, you know, single person owned. The guy was real cool to work with. Um, you know, once he knew who I was and the knowledge that I knew just from self-taught, he really wanted me on his part of the team. And the team that we had were all young people. It was all young people. And, uh, the people that were in there, you know, they knew what they were talking about. And he also was a big avid fly fisherman. And I think the shop was really, you know, just a, a dream of his. He, he wanted to own a shop that, that just, you know, made success. But this guy, you know, Scott, he, he's such a busy man and has been through so much. And uh, same with uh, the manager that he hired. Uh, which his name was also Scott. Uh, Men, they're just full timers. They both have beyond full time jobs, in my opinion. And to make a shop run in a hard location yeah. with all these different rules, I mean, it, it was just really hard, man. So, yeah, it didn't make it, but I know that they're not going to stop fly fishing and they're not going to stop pursuing their dreams. And uh, neither will I. Yeah, that's right. And Scott, I think I've connected. One of the Scots was the, um, what's his product? The Is it the, um, the boots? They're called Rock Treads. Yeah, Rock Treads. Exactly. That, yeah, totally. And I, and I know Scott, uh, that Scott with the Rock Treads, we've chatted before. And he's, I actually met him at a show, uh, one of the shows a while back, a couple years ago. And yeah, he's a super awesome guy. So no, I, I agree. I think that, you know, the fly shop is that dream for a lot of people. You know what I mean? I mean, I grew up in a fly shop, so I know what it feels like. And it's one of those places where you just walk in. It's almost like, um, you know, Norm on Cheers. Remember, remember Cheers, that show back in the day? Uh, maybe I'm still a little too young to know <laughs> that one. Yeah, you're a little too young. Well, Cheers was, uh, Cheers was a, uh, back in the day when there was TV shows. I, I was trying to think of this. This came to my mind because the guy who created not only Cheers, but um, like a ton of huge shows, Friends and all these shows in the oh. 80s and 90s, right? Now you talk about Friends. You know Friends? Oh, yeah. My fiance's favorite show. Okay, we got into it. Well, the guy that created Friends, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's the same guy who created Cheers and like and, and MASH and all these other like just all the biggest shows probably in history. This guy created them. 
And uh, anyways, he was talking about Cheers and how it all, you know, how he came up with the idea. But the idea was there, it's set in a bar and, and there's this guy, Norm, who comes in and everybody, you know, it's like a bar. Everybody knows him. It's like Norm walks in. And everybody's like, Norm, you know, how you doing? <laughs> you know, how you doing, Norm? But it, it's kind of like the fly shop thing. You know, when you get a local fly shop, it's the same thing. When you walk in a fly shop, you know, you eventually know the people and they're like, hey, hey, Jerry, or, you know, hey, Dave or whatever, right? And that's why the fly, one of the reasons I think fly shops are amazing, right? Because you get in there, you can, even some of these places go have a beer, right? It's that place from home. And I think instead of going to a bar, I'd rather go, a fly shop would be a better place to go. What do you think about that? Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely is. There's, you know, instantaneously, right when the fly shop opened, we had what we call regulars. We had people who were coming in for anything, uh, tippet, flies, information on certain species um rods reels tackle i mean anything you know and and they really people out in this area especially rural areas really wanted a fly shop here but i don't think fly fishing in my area is very uh what i would say like up to date like it's not like going down to florida and the gulf inshore fishing line where there's specific people fly fishing for sea trout striped bass stuff like that you know it's not like or redfish you know like that's a click that click is here but it's really for those mountain streams a lot of people come to the virginia uh state line and up in appalachia to catch our native brook trout like that's a big part of virginia and i think um you know, the smallmouth and musky game has started to trickle in, but it's still a tight niche family of people. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just not, it's not blown up like I thought it was when I was really coming up in fly fishing because I started on bass. That's what I started on. Yeah. I didn't start on trout. Uh, trout to me was, I knew what fly fishermen fish for and I thought it was trout, but <laughs> when I was learning, and coming up in fly fishing, I was fishing for bass. So it really didn't make sense to me. And that's why when I started tying flies and all that, that's when the trout thing really came in. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's, it's different. You know, it's, everybody learns differently. I mean, someone could learn on striper. Maybe they picked up yeah. a fly rod the first time fishing for striper and, uh, rock, rockfish coat or, or rockfish river, you know, or someone picked it up at, Clater Lake, where there's striper. I don't know. Like people just try fly fishing for the first time differently, and mine was bass. And yours is bass. That's awesome. And you're still doing that. So, yeah. so good. Well, I think this is a good segue into what we're gonna do, which is kind of walk around a little bit around Virginia to give somebody an idea of what it's like. And then somebody who knows it, you know, hopefully we'll dig into a few little sweet spots um, that are kind of good to go. And before we get into, I want to note uh, James Burroughs was the founder of all those TV shows. I'll put a, I'll put a little video of cheers in the, uh, in the show notes so people can take a look for the youngsters that, that don't know about it. They can watch uh, Norm there, but um, so yeah, let, let's start with Virginia. Just, you know, you mentioned one place, which is Smith mountain Lake, state park which is kind of in the um you know the the western part right and but take us do a broad stroke if you're going to say maybe eight or ten you know top destinations in virginia um what does that look like as you look around virginia where are the places like if i was coming in let's say today is you know like july august september like summertime you know what would you if i was coming in to meet with you where would we be going so 
if we're talking, you know, summertime, early fall to late fall, which I think is my favorite time of the year to fish because you can kind of fish for everything within that time period. You know, half that, that half year, my favorite time to fish for trout is the fall and my favorite time to fish for bass is in the summer. Um, so if we're talking about the top 10 places to fish and we're talking starting in summer, my first thing is the lakes. Uh, I really like lake fishing in the summer. It's hard fishing, but it's so satisfying because of the top water bite, the top water bite, you know, late July, August, early September is just really fun, man. It's just a fun fish. It's a lot of sight fishing and, uh, blind casting under bushes and, uh, you know, overhanging trees on the side of, uh, the lakes. And it's just, it's just a fun way to fish. But the way that I fish lakes is probably different from the way most people fish lakes. Uh, most people go on a boat, you know, but my car is a, uh, a small hatchback four door and it is not going to, uh, pull a boat. Right. I have, uh, one of these uh, inner tubes that is made for fly fishing. You know, it's hook proof. It's got Kevlar on the outside. It floats real well. And it's made by a company called Caddis. And I remember seeing it in a uh, local store we have here called Sportsman's Warehouse. And I saw this thing and I was like, no way. Like, this is going to be my way to fish off the bank. You know, I didn't want to fish on the bank anymore. So uh, I wanted to go back, you know, to my roots of, lake fishing with the fly and uh this was the past couple of years and i bought this too and i blew it up and i went out there man and just started learning everything is completely different from fishing off the bank you think that you know how to fish when you get out there you're like oh man now that i have all this access and all this you know different ways of fishing the spots that i want to fish you think you you're going to do good no, it's completely different, man. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not the same. Um, so Smith mountain Lake and Claytor Lake, um, would probably be, you know, okay. 10, 10 and nine. Uh, those are some really hard to fish lakes, but man, you can get some monster largemouth and smallmouth bass out of them. Um, Smith mountain Lake is more of a largemouth lake. That's where I kept a lot of big largemouth. And Claytor Lake has some uh, hard-to-find spots, but once you find them, I mean, you can pull three, four-pound smallmouth out of that lake. And they are footballs. They, they, they just, they're real short, but they're real fat smallmouth, man. Real hard to catch. That's it. So that's smallmouth. And we'll circle around. I think as we get into this, we'll do a, a quick primer on Virginia, and then we'll circle around and, and dig into a little more on the fishing you know, as we go. So, so that's good. So lake, so that's kind of one. And that's in, like we said, that's kind of near, um, kind of the Western, right? Southwest Virginia is where, uh, Smith mountain Lake is. And, um, Southwest Virginia is, you know, new river Valley to Roanoke Valley down towards Manita, Bonsack area. Um, and then if you keep on going more South, you're going towards, the back end of the Roanoke River, which turns into the Stanton River once it gets to the bottom of Virginia and beginning yep. into uh, North Carolina. So, you know, that whole area is really what I've fished the most. Uh, it's, you know, following the line. 
and uh yeah so that's that's it take us around so so we got the smither and then as you go around what would be another top destination just anywhere in virginia that people would be like this would be a good spot to hit up so another i'll i'll add another lake here yeah a lake i went to um recently that i can't believe i didn't hit it till now uh is lake Mumal. that place is such a cool lake man how do you spell that M-O-O, like moo as in cow, and then maw as in your grandma, M-A-W. So M-O-O-M-A-W, moo maw. There you go. Okay. And I learned about Lake Moo Maw years ago um, from a real, real known fly fisher, uh, Blaine Chocolate. Oh, yeah. Uh, He he had a little insight on Lake Moo Maw and doubt that lake, or doubt it, as uh, the locals call it. And they... uh, he was talking about both of these lakes and, you know, how to fish them and all this stuff. And I remember I was like really wanting to try Lake Moomaw because it's part of a fish species that is really hard to catch for me for some reason. I've been trying to catch it for a while. It's called the chain pickerel. And I really wanted to catch a chain pickerel. And the first time I went there, I saw some chain pickerel and the bycatch trying to catch chain pickerel I caught huge largemouth, a couple trout, lake trout. I didn't know that there was even trout in that lake oh, nice. at the time. Because, you know, this was uh, Memorial Day. So I was like, oh, it's it's not trout fishing time, you know, not for lake. Well, just fishing that lake, I caught some trout. And some of the biggest bluegill I have ever caught in my life were, oh, I mean, nice. they were plate-sized bluegill, humongous <laughs> bluegill. And I was, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, I thought I had a bass on, you know, and, uh, once I got it up, I was like, no way. And, um, caught my first crappy on the fly. Oh yeah. 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 Crappy. Um, and that was really cool too. And they've got arp in there and all sorts of different fish, man. Oh yeah. You got a bunch. There's a ton of species. Tons. So that's Lake Muba. This is good. So, and this is a little bit, uh, and how do you pronounce that? Uh, Roanoke, right? Yeah. Roanoke, Virginia. So this is just north of Roanoke and uh, kind of north of uh, I-64, I guess, kind of up there. Well, let, let's take it through. Let's keep this going on more like the, um, you know, the season. So you talked about the fall, you know, summer into fall. So as you go into the fall, into the winter, um, what are you doing there? Are you what, What's fishing? Are you, are you getting to a point eventually where it's kind of getting nasty, where you're taking a little break as far as weather? I never take breaks in fly fishing. <laughs> I'm nice. always I'm always fishing for some species. It, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a new species that I haven't caught before, or if it's a species that I want to try to challenge myself to catch in the off season. You know, so after you know the summer bass fishing and pan fishing is what I usually focus on. Um, I try to give the trout a little bit of time during the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's really good time to fish for native brook trout in the summer you know you get to sight fish them it's all it's pretty much all dry fly fishing but once that summer gets real hot um someone told me if you're hot the trout are hot so i i kind of leave the trout alone during summer and uh once fall starts that's when i really start to go for like some late top water season early trout fishing season for like brown trout. I'd start switching to brown trout during the fall. You know, they're 
in pre-spawn at this time, and they're starting to bulk up before the spawning season. So brown trout, I'll you know I'll go to West Virginia. West Virginia's got some gems up mm-hmm. there for brown trout, but Virginia has some secret spots um, that not a lot of people know about where you can catch some big brown trout, man. Nice. So and they're not native, but um, some of the streams, you know, they were stocked a long time ago, and stocked a long time ago, and then coming up, and then some are currently stocked, but are still, in my opinion like a, a grade a trout fishing experience for the fall. That's for the fall. Okay. And are there any, without giving away too many secrets, are there any really popular places that everybody would know about that? you? Yes. Fish runs? Yeah. 100%. There's a, there's a place up North in uh, Harrisonburg. There's a place called Mossy Creek. Oh yeah. That's the Mossy Creek fly shop too up there, right? Oh yes. Amazing fly shop has some good friends there that I've made. Um, they've really helped me out when I first started uh, trout fishing. It was, uh, I think, about eight years ago on the fly. I remember just uh, going in there and um, how amazing that shop is. It's unbelievable. Uh, they give the local people, I mean, actually, I say local people, but a lot of people travel to that fly shop. It's kind of it's kind of a big deal over in this part. Yeah. Is it near... Um... What was the name of the town it's near? It's in Harrisonburg. Oh, Harrisonburg, yeah. Yeah, it's in Harrisonburg. But the actual Mossy Creek is uh, is a little bit south of that. Yeah, south, kind of southwest. Yeah, but what's crazy about it is it's only about 20 minutes away. You can start fishing 20 minutes after you go to the fly shop. So, I mean, it's it's not far of a drive, and it's, it's scenic. It's kind of out of the way. It's tucked, and... Um, there's ample parking and there's there's no waiting. You can't wait in the Mossy Creek, but you can fish it. It's all bank fishing and it is it's difficult. It's difficult to say the least. Um, it's where I learned really how to fish a spring creek. Yeah, that's it. That's the spring creek. I just want to note we um, we did uh, Tom Sadler, who uh, I think he was from the Mossy Creek Fly Shop in episode 98. We talked to him. He talked a little bit about brook trout fishing in the Shenandoah Valley. Yes, yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by Lake Lady Rods, building distinctive custom rods, each to the exact specifications for each angler. Custom built to be the most sensitive tool an angler could ask for. Lake Lady only uses top-of-line uh, components, I've been continuing to love my four weight. My nine foot four weight has been a good rod on the lakes. I'm going to be doing a little bit more of it on the stream. We've got a trip coming up here. I'm going to be testing out with some uh, some light. I'm going to be hitting the, uh, well, i got a couple things. I'll be testing on the light bugs and maybe even uh, testing out some kind of Euro style. Uh, I guess that's about as good as I could say it. It's not complete Euro, but... Uh, all sorts of good stuff Chris has going. Great, unique. Um, you're not going to find much else like this with everything he has going, including the cool jungle clock inlays, the um, the real seat, um, the handle, everything else that comes in this package is pretty sweet. Check out Lake Lady right now, wetflyswing.com slash Lake Lady, L-A-K-E-L-A-D-Y to support this podcast and a great local rod company. So this is good. So Mossy Creek, that's another, so for browns, and that's another species we're adding to this list. And and Harrisburg um, 
is just yeah north kind of up the highway yep it's right off i-81 yeah right off i-81 that's awesome so so that's good. So now we're kind of a little bit more up in the northern part of Virginia. What's the um, so that's kind of fall. So that's awesome because now brown. So if if I was if we keep this going as you go in into the winter, what else are we thinking about? What else are you hitting in the winter time? So in the winter, um, that's when I kind of you know that's our main uh, trout season for me, anyways. That's when I try to focus on trout. I don't really go for bass during the winter. Um, is it possible? Absolutely. But it's more of a bigger river when you're going for bass. Um, there's some crazy people out here that really like to fish for smallmouth and uh, in the big rivers here. And, you know, they focus on the New River and the James River. I've mm. seen them all the time. You would think, man, it's like 40 degrees outside, you know, like crazy to be fishing right now. Well, to a lot of people up north, this ain't nothing, you know. And I think some of these northern people have moved down here to Virginia, and uh, they're on the rivers, man, fishing for smallmouth and muskie. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've seen kayakers on the New and the James uh, early winter, late fall. Um, a lot of people fish for them. They're on their boats, too. Uh, a lot of people use jet boats as well. That's another okay. thing over here on the river. So. Yeah. Where's the New River from? Uh, what town is that near? So the New River is right next to uh, Radford, and it runs through Radford, and it also runs up through Parisburg all the way to okay. Virginia. Oh, yeah, so it kind of goes up north. Yeah, so the New River actually flows north. It doesn't flow south. Gotcha. Yeah, it's one of the oldest rivers in the world. <laughs> yeah, the New River. No kidding. Yeah, and obviously the James River as well. Yeah, the James River is also very old. I don't think it has the years on the new, though. But the James River flows south, and it's also pretty close to the new. You can go from the new to the James in about 50 minutes. Fish, stopping, driving, fishing. That's awesome. So we got some, this is good because we got some smallmouth now mixed in here. We've got some uh, some browns and brook trout. Obviously, that's another one in the um, yeah yeah. So so that was so. What else would you throw on here if you want to talk as you go through the year and and kind of around Virginia, other hot hot spots? When it gets to really the uh, the really cold winter season, that's when I I go back to Spring Creeks. Um, mm. I go to Spring Creeks because those waters will stay warm even though the outside temperature is frigid. I've, I, I fished Mossy Creek on days where at four in the morning when I wake up to start getting ready to leave, it's 22 degrees. Jeez. And that, and that, that to me is pretty cold. I'm, I'm not a northerner. So. Yeah. That's cold. That's, I think 22 is cold for anybody. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. Um, I, I actually, on my Instagram, I had a, uh, a thing that I took down, I had it up for years, but it was winter at Mossy. I remember the first snowstorm we had in Virginia two years ago. Um, it was significant. I think we had about, I don't know, about a foot on the ground. And I was like, man, I hope that the roads are just clean because I got to get out of this house, man. I, I can't, I can't be in this house anymore. So I, you know, I got in my car, I risked it for the biscuit and I went north and uh i went to mossy creek I, I did make it it took me about two hours to get there but i went and when i got out of my car at seven in the morning it was 28 degrees 
and I was fishing this creek where you could put your hand in the water and actually withstand it. Like, I mean, I mean, it's amazing. It's it's awesome that we have fisheries around here where you can actually put your hand in the water and like, you know, get the trout off the hook or whatever you need to do without freezing your hand off. Um, so that was really cool. And there's a couple other spring creeks that not a lot of people know about that I'm not going to name on here, but that yeah. they're fishing. They're just as good as Mossy Creek. Just as good as Mossy. Yeah, there's actually yeah. quite a few. That's a cool thing. And Virginia actually has, um, what is it, the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival, right? Which is, yes, uh, that's known, I mean, all over the country, right? I mean, I think Virginia, when you start to look into it, you're like, wow, it's got a ton of big name rivers. You know, another one is the um, the South Fork of the Holston, right? Oh, yeah. South Fork of the Holston's amazing. Um, that runs through the very uh, western part of Virginia. And, okay. And, and it runs down through Tennessee. Oh, um, through Tennessee, yeah. Yeah, so that's a really good river as well. Now, that's, that's, a, that's another one that a lot of people float during the fall, winter, spring season. Um, it's not... It's not too big of a summer. Well, I say that, but it that's an all year round river. But the main seasons are fall, winter, spring, and a lot of people fish them during those times for their their known humongous brown trout. Man, that has produced, I, I believe, uh, fact check me, but I believe it's the biggest brown trout caught in Virginia was from that river. Um, I don't know what the weight or the length was, but I know it was a very big brown trout. Now I've been to the fly shops down there and uh, I have seen the mounts. The mounts are ridiculous. And that's one of those rivers that really you have to fish it like it's a Western river. Um, it flows like a Western river. It's cold like a Western river. And it also, um, those, those trout are finicky, man. They see a lot of boats they see a lot of rafts. They see a lot of flies. So that's one of those places where you got to throw like a, a size 20 dry or you got to, you know, your hopper dropper rigs are like your leader systems are like 12 to 15 feet long. Like it's, it's crazy, man. It's yeah. Like, technical, super technical stuff. Yeah. That's cool. And, um, you know, in the Shenandoah, I mentioned that earlier, Shenandoah, I mean, National Park, right? So you've got some yeah. some national parks there. And I think that was the one, who was the guy we had the big guy on um, on the podcast from Virginia? I'm trying to think of his friend. I know who you're talking about. I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember his name. Yeah, we'll get... Uh, We'll uh, we'll get Dom to uh, to find this one for I'll, I'll find it real quick and check back here. But um, uh, Harry Murray, yes, yes, Mr. Murray, yeah, Harry Murray, yeah. right? He's yes. he's got his unique way, and I think he dug into a little bit on that podcast, uh, the, the yeah. Shenandoah National Park, because I think he wrote a book for it, and then he talked. Um, we talked about on that one brook trout fishing, right? But he's also known for smallmouth bass. So, he so knows do you know much? He knows a lot. Yeah, he knows much more about that area and specifically and he really you know he knows his stuff if you had a question about anything in that region or smallmouth brook trout you know blue lining that's the guy yeah that that's the guy that is the guy um wow what a knowledgeable dude i mean i wish that i could talk to him in person and i know he's got he's got that school right yeah he does have a school yeah uh, he's got the school and um yeah, man, I I really like to meet that guy. I've met a lot of named people in Virginia, um, and people from West, 
you know, I've, I've met Blaine a, a few times. Oh, cool. Um, I've met, uh, Kelly Gallup. Yep. Um, that's a funny dude. Um, oh, Kelly Gallup. Yeah. He's, he's good. Yeah. And then, uh, Tommy, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't want to, I don't want to slaughter it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I think it's yeah, yeah. Matoli or. Oh, okay. No, I'm not sure who this is. So he actually ties a bunch of flies for Mossy Creek. Oh, okay. Yeah, he ties a lot of their flies, and he is a very, very, very good fly tire. Uh, he ties a lot of half and halves. I learned how to tie the Clouser from him, actually. Um, so he tied the Clouser, and I went to one of his like little seminars at Mossy Creek, and he showed me how to tie that and then the half and half. And he also ties uh, a lot of different flies and mass production for them. So I know he, he's a really hard worker, big avid fly fisherman. And then uh, my favorite fly tire that I met uh, for the first time at Mossy Creek was a guy named Chuck Craft. Uh, that is my favorite fly fisherman. Um, that guy was, he, he's not here with us anymore. But that guy was one of the smartest people when it came to actual fishing knowledge that I've ever learned from. A lot of my flies, I used techniques that he did and then implemented them into my patterns or my version of a pattern. But really, it's it's just him, man. It's 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 pattern. Yeah. You know, taking techniques from someone like that that is really dialed in smallmouth and trout. Um, when you use those techniques, you know, they work and the <laughs> that I yep. make, they work, they may not be the prettiest flies, but man, they work. Um, and some of those name flies for him was like the Creelix or the CK bait fish or the CK nymph. Um, and the CK in those fly names is Chuck craft. And okay. he's got the, yep. the claw dad, the critter mite, uh, the, Oh, the yeah. top water prelix, but his most known namesake bug is definitely the um like the Excalibur or the the uh I forgot what they're called. They're cork bugs. They're they're all okay. cork bugs. But uh one that I bought from him and he doesn't sell them cheap either when he did. They are expensive bugs, but man, you can knock the side of a tree, you can knock a rock, you can lose rubber legs but that fly would still work float. oh yeah that fly would float and float and float and uh they're smallmouth bugs is what they are and i don't know if you've ever heard a smallmouth take a cork bug in the way that they actually do they sip bugs they don't really they all right aggressively smash a bug like you would think they would and they they go and they sip this bug, and you know it's a smallmouth when you hear this sound. It's like a toilet bowl. It's like, like it's such a weird sound, but man, that's addicting. That is addicting, and that and that's something that, like I said in the summer, the right now is when you're getting these bites. That's it. Wow, this is cool. So, and we, you know, I, I mentioned the Shando, so that's kind of in the north. A lot of this stuff. I mean, Mossy's up north. The other spots we were talking about were kind of west. Uh, over there what about as you go over to say you know richmond and then even down south towards uh norfolk and then you get on the coast right is there some coastal fishing out there oh 100 you know over in the outer banks we have some of the best saltwater fly fishing experiences you can have man um 
in the state of Virginia, you know, Chesapeake Bay. Oh, right. Yeah, it goes down there and... Oh, yeah, that's Chesapeake. So that's that yeah. little peninsula coming out is the Chesapeake is like Cape yeah. Charles. Oh, yeah, and Chesapeake Bay is that whole thing. That's Now we're talking. Now we've got yeah. some serious... Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, Richland's or uh, Virginia's one of the 13, you know, the original uh, from the colony, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, it's got the history. That's cool. Okay, so yeah, Chesapeake Bay, this is gigantic. Yeah, Chesapeake Bay. I've only fished it a few times on the fly. I wouldn't say I'm a salty guy, but I definitely really want to get into it. Um, I don't live near the beach, but whenever I go to the beach, you bet my eight weights with me. Uh, yep. I have an eight weight saltwater setup that, you know, I kind of just piece together. And uh, every time I go down there, you know, I'm either going for snook, reds. Uh, I've been trying to do the flounder thing. There's a couple of fly guys out there that do the flounder thing, but it's it's not exactly the easiest. Um, and, you know, just a little pinfish and porgy and all these other different species. In the blues, man, when the blues run, that's a really cool thing, man. Uh, th- those fish are aggressive. You got to really tie a big leader on for them. They got these big yeah. teeth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's tons of species in the Chesapeake Bay. There you go. You know, up and down the outer banks that you can fish for. But I think the biggest one, saltwater species in Virginia, would definitely be like the striper. Um, yeah. You know, the, a lot of people go and fish the striper. Um, it, it's just a, it's, man, they get big. They just get big in this area. And, um, we also have them fresh Smith mountain Lake and Clater. They both have striper and, uh, also the Roanoke river. So they live in Smith mountain Lake and during their spawning time, they actually run up the Roanoke river down to where, uh, we call it the Explorer park. And there's a big dam there. They can't go past that dam, but a lot of people during that, you know, April, May timeframe, during the spawn, they go from the dam down, and you can catch their striper in a what I would consider a low uh, river, you know, and they're just smashing shad, smashing bugs on the top. This would be like in a bigger river, you get in a boat. Well, that's what. So you would think, right? But it's yeah. not. It's it's a wading river. You can't really. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can't really get you, a boat. No, but when you can get like a kayak or a raft, yeah. Um, But it's really, it's more of a wading river and you'll see people throwing huge topwater plugs and spooks and all these different, you know, baits. And then you got some bait fishermen, Um, but really you'll see some fly guys down there too. And they're throwing these huge streamers, just stripping them back real quick. And you get those explosive takes, man. It's really cool. And uh, that's something that I've kind of been putting off for a little bit because um, I'm really focusing on the smallmouth and the trout game right now. But I think striper is going to be my new species that I'm going to work on for the next couple of years. I don't guide for striper. Um, really, right now, I just guide for carp, bass, and trout. Um, yeah, carp, but carp, bass, and trout. I definitely want to expand into that as well. Nice. Yeah, we, we've had a few... Um... Uh, striper episodes uh, i think we had one up in the northeast and we had a good one out in california and i'm not sure the difference between you know but we were talking you know out of a boat obviously you know that's a little different game probably than fishing off the bank so 
Yeah. So sure. we've we've dug around. It feels like we've got around. What have we missed? Have we missed anything? You want to give us you know any other highlights as far as Virginia? Any areas that we haven't touched? I mean, I know there's a number of different ones like the um, you know the Jackson River. There's a tailwater fishery yeah, so there. There's that's that was my next avenue. So definitely the Jackson. That's a place that really is different from a lot of rivers, especially in Virginia. So the Jackson. Well, I want to say plagued, but it's not really plagued to some people because that little specific spot of the river that I'm talking about and these the people that are listening that know about it know below this paper mill that <laughs> um, dumps wastewater. They say it's clean water, but it dumps wastewater into the lower Jackson and you'll see this water, man. And it, it really breaks your heart the first time you see it, but then you're like, well, the fishing's amazing down here, so I don't really understand, but it, they dump yeah. this wastewater that they say is really clean, and it yeah. stains the water. And I mean, oh, wow. it stains it. It's uh, If you go to the upper portion of the Jackson, it's crystal clear, man. Right. It, and then it, once you go past this section where the paper mill is, you'll see it dump out, and then it's just this red, blackish-looking oh, wow. water. But the people, you know, people that don't know about it, they go, oh, man, I don't want to fish this water. Well, you should, because once you start fishing it, you'll pull out some massive brown trout, man. It's it's a really good brown trout fishery that um, the the fly fishermen really retain around it. Um, it's more fly fishing up there. And then you have another river that uh, is really good during the winter called the Smith. And I've been okay. at a lot recently. That's an awesome, awesome river. I love it. It's beautiful scenery. Uh, it's surrounded by kind of like an old town. It's almost like a ghost town, really. Um, there's an abandoned, there's like a mill there and there's abandoned, um, I don't know what you would call that. Oh, uh, a logging mill or something. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not a logging mill. I think it was a mirror plant. I think, or something like that. Someone told me what it was, but that place is huge and it goes right along the river. And then, you know, you have overhanging bridges and stuff and it's just a really fun place to fish. So Smith river is another really good winter fish, okay. but like it's a tailwater though, just like yeah. Jackson. So you can really fish it all year round. But I think, uh, you know, that fall and winter bite at the Smith and Jackson is some of the best fall and winter. Just got to work for it. Yeah, you got to work for it. No, this is great. So we've got a nice list coming here. It feels like I've got all sorts of places, you know, we could go to. Uh, so anything, it feels like we haven't been down in that, like that south, you know, central or south uh, east part of the state. Is there anything down there, like as you get towards North Carolina, have we already touched on some of those? Well, so the Stanton, uh, the Roanoke. Oh, the Stanton. Yeah, so the Stanton and Roanoke River. Um, I live on the Roanoke River. I live oh, okay. literally walking distance one minute away from the Roanoke river. Oh wow. I can fish in a minute. So Damn. the Roanoke river on the upper region is really just kind of like this, I would say quote unquote generic river. You know, it's got small mouth, a little bit of sunfish, bluegill, and then it's stocked with stock trout from the state of Virginia, VGGIF. And, uh, you know, they, they stock it with, um, broken rainbows and you can really catch some big ones in there. Um, but I'm not too big on stock trout. Are they fun during like off season um, for like bass? Yeah. 
but uh, really the wild trout is what's keen over here for fly anglers. And um, yeah, uh, so when you go down and follow the Roanoke River, it goes into that dam that I was talking about where the stripers run up from the Smith. It runs down there through the Smith and then keeps on going south until it reaches North Carolina, where it changes over to the Stanton River. Oh, and what is that near uh, Danville? Uh, or no, that, no, that's a little bit. I think it runs past Danville. Yeah, I think it runs past, but yeah, it's it's in the it's in the southern region of the state. And yeah. I fished the Roanoke River slash Stanton south one time. Uh, I didn't even know I was fishing it, but once you get south, a lot more species get introduced into it. Um, there's actually a species of fish that I've been really wanting to catch that has uh, kind of disappeared in the past 10, 20 years. It's called the Roanoke bass. Hmm. Um, it's a species uh, relative to the rock bass, but on steroids. Uh, this fish is enormous compared to a rock bass you know rock bass is kind of like a plague fish you know when you're fishing big rivers you're trying to catch smallmouth largemouth uh whatever you're trying to catch you'll catch rock bass as bycatch you know you know the uh-huh. you know little rock bass um but the roanoke bass they can get up to two pounds they're massive and they fight harder than anything i've ever fought before um, especially when it comes to like a panfish, quote unquote panfish. And, uh, another fish that's down in the stand, um, is the red ear sunfish. That's another oh, yeah. panfish that can really get astronomical in size that you would think would just be some lame bycatch, but no, man, those things fight hard and, and you just got to give them pound for pound. I think they're like smallmouth. Seriously, like they just fight so hard. Um, and, you know, some odd species when you go up north. So now we're, you know, we're in late winter and now we're getting back into spring and um, summer. That's when like other species like carp. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Carp come into play. I really focus on carp and uh, guiding for carp because I, I think it's a really technical fish that not a lot of people fish for on the fly. Yeah. It's, it's become a big thing in other regions, but yep. on, here on the East coast, man, like we don't have as many, uh, species like Florida does, you know, Florida, you have bullseye, you have snook, you have all these saltwater species. And then you got freshwater, like exotic species. Like recently I went to Miami for my bachelor's party and of course I had to go fly fishing and I got hooked up with this awesome guy, man. His name's Justin Wynn. And this guy is the funniest, coolest dude I have ever met. And, uh, he got me on some peacock bass in Florida, man. It was so cool. And nice. anyway, so like back to Virginia, you know, you have all these different species that you can catch like Northern snakehead, bowfin, uh, All right. Yeah, you can catch uh, different species of carp. Uh, we have white suckers. Yeah, I feel like you guys, I mean, you're just uh, rattling off. It feels like there's like tons, I mean, so many species that also, you know, all sorts of grace. And you're up on the Ronick, so uh, and it sounds like that's kind of your home water. Is that, are you, now remind me again, are you in Ronick, the town, or where, where's your, where you live? 
Roanoke is the town. Yeah, or, or Roanoke. So there's Roan there's Roanoke, and and then what's the name of your home water? My home water is Roanoke River. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, Roanoke is you know uh, I would say southwest. It is southwest, but in comparison to the rest of the state, like Potomac regions way up north, you know, and then like Roanoke running in the stands way down south, and then you know to the east is the uh the coast of the chesapeake watershed and west is more towards like the holson so in vindictive to everything that we're talking about roanoke is kind of like in the center of the state Mm -hmm. it it is it is kind of near west virginia but to me it's the center of the state it's more it sounds like it yeah there's a lot going on around you a lot of rivers yes yeah so i can go north and fish those regions i can go uh, west and fish, you know, like the Holston, I can go to the beach east and I can go fish for saltwater. I can go south and, you know, fish yeah. for different warm water species. So that's right. kind of cool, man. I, I really like this region. And, um, you know, me and my fiance, you know, we talked about like maybe traveling or something with our jobs and I want to, but I don't want to, you know what I mean? I know. Like I'm learning so much more each year with fly fishing in the state of Virginia that, there's more species and I have now a list that I want to catch on the fly. And like, I mean, even walleye, crappy, all these oh, yeah. species that some people down here will f- catch on the fly and oh, yeah. they know how to do it. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool, man. We just have so many different species and a lot of good eating too, man. Yeah, walleye, that's right. Crappy are some of the best eating fish, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're so good. That's really good. So you got, uh, Roanoke. Yeah. You're, I mean, that's it. And, and so carp, so you're actually guiding for carp. So if I was going to come in there and, uh, and want to find some carp, um, you, you could, you could take me on that trip. Oh yeah. There's tons of places, man. So, um, I remember learning how to catch carp on the fly was really, it was different for me. You know, I remember seeing them in ponds when I was growing up, uh, pond fishing and lake fishing was my thing. So, I had a pond on my grandparent, my great grandparents' land, and they uh, they had catfish, uh, grass carp, common carp, bluegill, and largemouth. You know, kind of like the the namesake uh, warm water fishery, and it was yep. a pretty big pond. And I just remember catching these carp, man! Holy crap, dude! They get so big, uh, 20, 30 pounds. You know, they're insane. So like, fly fishing for them on the fly what are they eating? You know, in the summer, they're actually sipping bugs off the top. You don't really see them. They're just kind of like sifting through and then they just come up real nice and slow and sip a bug or something. And then large mouth, you know, they're sipping the damsel flies and, uh, eating some, you know, bluegill spawn. And then the bluegill are sipping bugs too. And then the catfish are on the bottom, just doing their thing. So carp were kind of just like, you know, I thought you just casted corn for them. Well, the more I fished, I started to realize that you can catch carp on the fly. And there was something I watched on YouTube. It was an awesome, awesome video. I remember watching it, and it was uh, called Carp Diem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was so cool, man. He just had this really quirky song that went with it. But just watching these guys stalk these fish like they're bonefish on the flats and then like throwing these small bugs, whether it looked like something or not i mean they just eat everything you know but then they're so hard to catch because they're so spooky so you think that you got it down right and then 
next thing you know, you're spooking 10 fish and only catching one. So it's really, it's really, really, really something that you have to kind of dial in and learn how to do. And it's more of a hunting experience than it is a fishing experience. Yeah. That sounds awesome. But yeah, I think carp's definitely my favorite though. Yeah. Carp's your favorite. That's cool to hear. Yeah. Little mudfish, man. That's awesome. No, I love it. I think carp is, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's what they say, right? The, the bonefish of freshwater or whatever. Yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by Bear Vault, assuring your next backcountry trip stays memorable, epic, and safe. Bear Vault now has four of these polycarbonate locking canisters, and uh, they've put a lot of engineering and research into how to create something that a bear, even a smart bear, and those are smart animals, can't figure out how to get into this thing. Uh, so we can check out, uh, we've got an episode, we, we connected with Bear Vault with a little bit of that story. Pretty awesome to hear about what they have going. But essentially, this thing is, uh, if you're heading in the backcountry, a lot of the places now, the national parks, you know, they're requiring hard shelled uh, locking canisters like this. So, you know, you used to think you could hang it up in a tree and you'll be good. So now uh, that's not uh, doable. So check out Bear Vault. They've got a good solution a lot of bonus features along with this locking canister. It's a good way just to not have to worry about it. You get your food in there. Uh, it's a done deal. And there's no worry about uh, losing your stuff and turning that epic trip into something not so epic. You can check in with the crew at Bear Vault, wetflyswing.com slash Bear Vault right now. That's B-E-A-R-V-A-U-L-T to check out uh, this great solution and to support this podcast. Okay, back to the show. So you got carp and, and carp on your river. So, and you mentioned the best time for that is more of a, when would be the best month or, or two to go there? So it's a spring and summer fish for sure. Um, they really start moving a lot more in the spring. And uh, the, I think going into summer, you can do the top water bite with them. Um, it's a little bit hard to do, but so with the guiding thing, I really like to start people off in ponds. Um, the first time, you know, they think it's like a, like shooting fish in a barrel type situation, but it's really, it's a stalking, you're stalking, you're hiding behind grass, you're hiding behind trees on the bank. You're, you're really watching the fish. You're learning how they move. And then once you get, you know, kind of like through the pond part, you can kind of graduate and then go into a lake, you know, and then you're looking at the lake fish and then these lake fish are doing the same thing, but they have a lot more movement. They can go different areas. They're sitting under bushes. Um, eating berries that are falling off of bushes. They're sipping bugs on the line and then they'll move and they'll eat a fish or something, you know? So they have, a lot of people think carp don't eat fish, but they actually will. Um, I've seen carp run on a fish on the bank. I've seen carp sip a bug off the top and I've seen carp eat berries. Um, nice. it's, it's crazy, man. Mulberries and blackberries. They actually eat those. It's crazy. Oh, wow. And Carp DM, we'll, we'll, we'll get a, uh, that video out there in the show notes as well. It sounds like a good video. Yeah, really cool, man. And then uh, some some of the other fish that, you know, during the back into spring and summer, um, I really like to do the brook trout thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So the brook trout in the spring is just something. I, I give them some time during their spawning times i look up the times for like spawning and it really varies it depends on the temperature of the water and the temperature of the air and you know everything like that but they spawn kind of similar to the brown trout so during that spawning period i have fished for them before but when i see 
reds and I see paired fish, I really try to stay away from them, man. Um, it, it's such a good time to fish for them, but it's, you should leave them alone, you know, uh, let them do their thing, let the spawn go good. So the next season, when you come back into fish for them, you can catch those fish. Um, and a lot of people think after, you know, the reds are done and, uh, the fish are not paired up anymore. They think you could fish for them, but really they've had a really hard time during spawn. You should give them a couple more weeks after the spawn as well. Um, so I don't really, I don't, I don't really like to fish for them anymore. And I didn't really understand that process until a few years back. Um, when I started learning more about the fish and entomology skills. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's awesome. Yeah. But brown trout and brook trout for sure. Back into that springtime. I think we have a good, uh, you know, I think you've taken us on a nice little journey here. I, I want to dig in on, and in a second here, just some flies, because you got a lot of flies on your Instagram, and I want to yeah. walk through maybe a maybe a list of some, you know, flies for Virginia. We've talked about a lot of stuff here, but before we get here, I want to, we've got the the trivia challenge. Uh, this is like, uh, right now we got the Togans trivia challenge going. Oh, yeah. So what we're going to do here is um, quickly take a little break. We're going to ask you a trivia question about Virginia, and then over at... Uh, wetflyswing.com slash trivia will have the the uh we'll have this question then people can choose their answer if they know it and then and then i'll be picking a winner from those to uh, give out uh, some swag which right now is going to be a like a hundred dollar valued uh, fly tying kit of like all the random uh, materials so so that's what we're doing and uh, so let's let's do this so the trivia challenge question so i'm going to ask you what do you have for us what is the question today so my trivia question is, what is the only native trout species to the state of Virginia? There you go. The only native trout species. And you've talked about, um, I, I've been making a list here. I, I'll bet you've named off 20 different species of fish, probably more. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get that. So right now people can go over there, wetflyswing.com slash trivia. If they know the answer, if you know it right now listening, you can go over there and answer it. And then we'll be picking uh, we're going to do this every month. We're going to pick a winner and give out uh, give out some some fly tying swag. So if you want Togan's random uh, mixture of materials, uh, check it out there. Okay, good. So thanks for that. We got our trivia challenge in. So right from that fly tying, uh, your that, you know that question there. Um, let's go right into the fly tying actually flies. Right. So yeah. you mentioned a bunch of places all around Virginia. If you had to say again, kind of your your top list of flies. Let's just say whatever eight you know eight or ten. What are you going with? Start us off from number one. And you mentioned carp. I don't know if you want to break it down like, say, your favorite carp fly, your favorite trout fly. That might be a way to go. But what would be in your box for Virginia? If somebody's coming in, like I'm going to be coming in sometime this year, and, I, and I'm going to fish for all sorts of stuff, what's my box look like? So I actually picked up a book um, called The Fly Fisher's Guide to Virginia. Oh, nice. And I have to give credit to David Hart. Um, he wrote this book. And it's a really good book for the guide to Virginia. It really is. And it names all these rivers and different places to fish for. And a lot of the information that I've said today on this episode has come from this uh, book. Perfect. And uh, some of the flies that he has named in this book as well are truly some of the must-have flies for the state of Virginia. a lot of them I use every day when I fish and in my guide box, I tie all these flies and I definitely have to have them. There, there is no ifs, ands or buts. Hmm. And, um, so 
if we're talking about, let's say, uh, springtime, summertime for the mm-hmm. smallmouth, I never leave without a claw dad, which is a C, uh, CK. Yep, CK. Fly. So uh, claw dad is a uh, crayfish fly. Um, you can strip it. You can, uh, you know, sight fish with it for carp. You can uh, sink it down, run it slow. Uh, you can run it in riffles. It's just a very movement orientated fly that has some lead eyes on it uh with kind of like a uh i mean it literally looks like a jig that someone spin fishing would throw it's just amazing what an amazing fly another since we're on truck craft another one is the creelix i don't go trout fishing without a creelix um I, i don't know what it is about the fly you would think it being so flashy that it wouldn't catch fish but it does it just works man it's just a fishy fly um, so Creelix is definitely, uh, another one. And then my favorite fly that I learned about from Mossy Creek was the golden retriever. Um, the golden retriever is such a good, uh, woolly bugger quote unquote, uh, type of fly. It uses Estaz and Marabou and flash with a weighted head. Um, nothing too special, but that fly just works, man. Um, and all colors from black, white, um, pink, brown, root beer, tan, gold, uh, peach. I mean, all the colors. I time all, all the colors. And uh, let's see here. Another fly that was in this book um, is the stimulator. Uh, oh, yeah. The stimulator, man. You, you, you can't go dry fly fishing without a stimulator. That's a really good brook trout. And brown trout fly, uh, yep. especially you know when you're going in these spring creeks and you have these hoppers on the side. Uh, a lot of times when they're keying in the, on the hoppers, you can really just use a stimulator and it just works just as well, man. Um, there you go. I, I think that's my favorite dry fly. I, I like the way it looks. I like the way it fishes, and I like the way it floats, especially. Yeah, um, was good, awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, four. I'd say like number five. Um, Staying with the dry flies is one called the uh, the wolf, the royal wolf. It's kind oh, the of royal a, wolf. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> I know it's just an attractor pattern, but like I don't know why it works so well for me. But on the Smith River, I had a, a fishing experience actually uh, late spring, a few I'd say like three or four weeks ago, and it was just such a good experience, man um late spring early summer experience i didn't know what to throw there were these uh they looked like big um they looked like some type of big moth or something i don't know what it was but in this specific area of the river and i was floating with a friend and i remember uh just watching them come off and come up to the top and sipping these big bugs i didn't know what to throw so I thought an attractor pattern would be good at that point. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely one that day alone has really got me onto that fly. Uh, yeah. so that's number five, uh, number six, we'll go back to some streamers. I think, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with a clouser, man. A cloud yeah. works a clouser. You can use that on the East coast. Um, you know, for saltwater species, you can, divert it scale it down a little bit and use it in freshwater for the smallmouth um 
uh, I'd say the best color pattern though would definitely be the chartreuse over white. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good pattern. And then um, another streamer by Chuck Craft is the CK Baitfish. Okay. Uh, that has a very big profile and has a really sturdy hook, the hook that he uses for it. And it also has a felt tail. That fly, you can catch 50 fish on it and it'll still look the way it came out when you're done making it trimmed. Um, it's just a sturdy fly. It has lots of good uh, glues in it that keep it welded together. And uh, with a sinking fly line, it just fishes great, man. Um, a lot of movement. And just ha- I think it's more of a profile fly, so that's just a really good smallmouth fly. Um, and I know nice. people for striper as well, so that's a really good striper fly too. And uh, we'll go into some nymphs now. Um, yeah. I think a really good nymph that I've used recently has been like a sulfur, like a sulfur pergon. Uh, a lot of sulfurs are hatching off in these tailwaters and uh, I never really used us. I've used sulfur dries, but they really key in on those sulfur nymphs while during the hatch. If you're not a dry fly fisherman and you don't feel comfortable with dry fly fishing with yep. elective trout, you can definitely nymph a sulfur. Oh, nice. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know about that. Uh, that's kind no, of, that's a good tip. That's yeah. That's kind of one of my secret nymphs that I always have in my box that I have to have. Um, and then, uh, let's see if that's number seven, uh, three more. I have to give it back to Chuck craft again, man. I told you yeah. my favorite, but definitely his, uh, top water Excalibur bugs, man. You know, his, his, uh, cork poppers, man. You oh yeah. Have, you got to go back to his cork poppers. They are some of the best sounding, best floating, uh, best looking handcrafted bugs out there. Um, and you know, there's, there's a couple people, it's a rare breed of people out there that do this type of fly tying, but there, uh, there's a few people out there that do it still. And, um, one of the people you can get them from is Eastern trophies. I have to give it to that guy. You can get all the materials, uh, and, or order the whole flies already made the way Chuck craft did from. Oh, perfect. So yeah, that's a really good, uh, site to get that bug. Okay. And then let's see if that's number eight, number nine. Um, I hate to say it, but you got to go back to the woolly bugger, man. Uh, yeah. A black woolly bugger for some reason works really good for me. Love it. Love it. I think it can look like a bait fish. I think it can look like a leech. I think yep. it can look like a stone fly during winter. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it just has all these different things that can look like yeah. is the reason why it works so well. Um, yeah, so that's, that's number nine and number 10, I would say one of my favorite flies, man, I got to give it to Blaine chocolate, dude, the game changer. Yeah. Yeah. The game Game changer. Yeah. Uh, the, the micro and the mini game changers, man, those really good patterns when these smallmouth trout, uh, really any predatory, uh, game fish. When they key in on a bait fish, there's total there's there's total destruction on those flies, man. It, with a sink tip, an intermediate, um, even if you're just like finesse fishing them on top, just like strip strip paws and letting them kill the fly, they just look so uh, injured 
like a like a bait fish would be injured you know and then they just get crushed and uh blaine really came up with a really good pattern for what he wanted what he wanted made out of it and uh yeah. i use game changers all the time in all different platforms i make sculpins out of them um i'll make bait fish out of them and you know now with his little micro shanks and stuff you can make uh bigger stonefly patterns and all different bugs out of the uh micro shank so it's really a platform that you can really dive into and make some really cool bugs out of nice yeah nice that's awesome that is a killer list because you went down actually i think we got 11 uh, i might oh. be off but i think i think we had 11 so that's a bonus yeah and uh yeah i mean they're all you know they're huge i mean stimulator um you know obviously that's a great uh, uh old one the royal wolf is probably one of the most classic you know flies ever that's in the clouser i mean these are that's the cool thing about this list is this is a list you could probably use anywhere in the country you know it's, this is probably if you had to pick 10 flies i'll bet you at least you know half of them are probably great flies for anywhere in the country right a lot of those flies are uh quote unquote from like other people i think you can catch any fish on this fly like yeah the the Creelix and the Clouser, any predatory fish will eat that fly. Like it, it. they they just catch fish, man. And yeah. then, you know when it comes to the dry fly, I think a stimulator can catch anything that will hit a bug on top of the water. Yeah, uh, it just works, man. And the Royal Wolf, that one was kind of like a wild card. But the yeah. the Royal Wolf after that day, I have never seen an attractor pattern work so well. And a stimulator is an attractor pattern too, but really yeah. royal wolf i don't think it represents anything really no it kind of looks like you know it's got obviously i mean if i always have to pick my favorite material peacock is always God, you know, I love is peacock, there oh man right so it's got peacock and it's got a little red which is the thing but so i mean it could definitely maybe look like an ant or something like that yeah I, I, who knows, right stuff like that but the cool thing about the wolf i love the history because you know that's you know lee wolf's pattern you know we had joan on in episode 100 and you know, so that's like as classic as fly fish. And then the the um, the cough the stimulator that was tied invented by Randall Kaufman way back in the seventies or sixties, and he's the guy who actually was there when they created Umqua Feather Merchants, right? That yeah, he was yeah, he was I, part I listened, of that. Yeah, I listened to that episode. Did you hear that yeah, one yeah. with Umqua? That was an awesome episode. I loved it. Yeah, I always go back to that one because it's such a funny story. Um, so. It all it's all connected, but I love it. I, I think you've done a good job on uh, taking us around Virginia, talking about some flies. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff here, just some random stuff I wanted to touch on. I think maybe we'll we'll save the deep dive into some of these species, you know, maybe for a future uh, episode or something like that. But um, yeah, before we get out of here, uh, you know, I'm just curious. I know uh, Project Healing Waters. I think is that a group that you've been involved with quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I joined last year and over the past year, man, I've had experiences and opportunities to work with these veterans and uh, volunteers and I've made some really good friends and uh, what I consider now fly fishing family, man. Um, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. And how I heard about it was a, a buddy of mine that worked at the fly shop, you know, and he he told me about it and I told him, you know, I'm definitely looking to join a group like that. And the Roanoke chapter is a, a really special group, man. Uh, they're so thankful and they're just ready to get out there and do something. And, you know, guiding these veterans and helping these veterans tie flies and uh, volunteering and just fellowship and all this stuff coming together it's just a really meaningful experience and i had 
um, an opportunity to guide uh, a special friend of mine, Mike. Um, he's actually he's blind. He's mm. blind, man. And being able to guide someone who you know can't see, it was just a it was an emotional experience for me. Wow. Yeah, it was an emotional experience and uh, just such a positive outlook on life and just you know talking with him, guiding him. Uh, seeing him catch fish, man, is just like such a special. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and you know, just simple stories, just listening, you know, keeping your ears open and listening to these veterans and, uh, you know, go through stuff is it, it's, it's special, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is, that is pretty powerful because it's, yeah. Yeah, you don't think about that stuff, you know, every day if you're not, if you don't have that, uh, you know, if you're not blind, right? But that's like, imagine that, right? You're blind and you can't see. And then, yeah. and you're sitting there, basically, you're his eyes, right? You're on the river and you're able to get some fish. What, what, so that, what did that, I mean, it seems like that would be challenging to find some fish, but, uh, you know, it sounds like that felt pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And like, the other volunteers that are in project healing waters, like I give them so much credit. They've been in there for years. And I mean, pre COVID years and years and years, you know, teaching these, uh, veterans how to tie these flies and how to explain how the fly works and the reason why they're tying it. And then going on a trip and then using the flies that they tied to catch fish. I mean, that's just something special, man. I mean, and you know, everybody has avenues of ways to de-stress and get away from the stresses of life. And, you know, COVID really put a damper on a lot of things. Uh, Project Healing Waters, you know, we didn't want to get veterans sick and having to pause that for like a year and then, you know, come back or rise vaccinated. And it was really, that's when I got, you know, really into it. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing to be able to teach people things. And yeah, love that. Yeah, it's a great group. We, I've connected with some of them as well over the over the years, so it's a good group. Um, well, let's leave this. I, I've been kind of just thinking here as we've been talking. You know, uh, bears is is a topic we've been talking like bears, beers, and bears, right? I'm not sure. Do you guys have uh, any bears at all down in, in your anywhere in down there? Yeah. So I've had um, I've had a couple uh, weird instances with uh, black bears, man. So. Um, a couple things that have happened to me with black bears a long time ago when I was young, 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 uh, a black bear got hit in front of my grandpa on I-81. And, uh, my grandpa thought it would be a good idea to take that bear, pick it up and bring it to my mom and dad's house to skin it and, you know, to not waste the bear. And, uh, yeah. And I remember that was the first time I saw a black bear and I was like, what is this? You know, I was like, I don't know, maybe four or five years old. And I remember seeing this thing. I was like, wow, this is crazy. And uh, multiple times that, you know, I've been hiking and fishing and backpacking. I've seen, um, you know, signs for bears and, uh, you know, you know, saying, hey, bear, uh, yep. protect you, you know, during this time frame when they have their cubs, you got to really be careful. Um, it's not like Yellowstone, obviously, you know, no. uh, it's it's not the same numbers, but uh, bear hunting, bear tracking, bear trapping, um, is like a really big thing over here in Virginia. And, um, you know, they use the dogs with the radios and multiple times I'm fly fishing on the mountain in Jefferson national forest. I've had this random dog with a radio on its neck, come up to me and (laughs) 
you know. Oh, really? And then I'm like, what is this? And then, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's like bear country up here. So I'm right. out here fly fishing and I'm in bear country um, without bear mace or a gun. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of reminds you of that. And then that's right. And when you're talking about brews, man, I know some brews for sure. Yeah, yeah. Give me a, let's, let's take it out of here with some brews. So we got the bears and the, so it sounds like you guys have some local brews. What would be one good one that, uh, that, that I should check out when I, when I go there? 100% you have to go down and drink a Get Bent IPA. Um, uh, Get Bent is from a company, uh, Parkway Brewing. They've got a Get Bent IPA. I'm an IPA guy. For sure. Yeah, me too. Um, yep. So Get Ben is my fa- one of my favorites. Um, and then, you know, you got Three Notched. Uh, three Notched. Okay. We have a brewery down there, Three Notched. That's downtown Roanoke. Um, we also have Deschutes. Oh, you have Deschutes there? Oh, yeah. We got Deschutes. And awesome. We have um, Sculpin IPA. Oh, Sculpin. Okay. Yeah, we have Sculpin. I forgot what company makes that too. Uh, yeah, I can't, there's I don't know so many, man. There's so many. I, I actually That's cool. I like to I like to delve down into like these different companies, but a really big one that I just found about uh found out about that I'm not sure if they're in Virginia, but um three Floyds, man. Okay. Oh my goodness gracious. Their beer is delicious. Nice. They make, they're a very good uh, beer company, man. They, they have some of the best beers I've ever had in my life. And uh, another local one is uh, Salem Brewing. Oh, yeah. Salem, old Salem Brewing, man. They have yep. great beers. Uh, they have live bands every weekend. Uh, they're really nice. And, um, and then Big Lick. Big Lick. Oh, yeah. Well. Big Lick. That's downtown Roanoke. Uh, they have Big Lick. They have a great list as well. So, there we go. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of different breweries downtown Roanoke, downtown Salem. And then, uh, but my favorite's definitely uh, Parkway Brewing. Yeah. Parkway is, yeah. It, it's, it, I've met a lot of fly fishermen there. It's really weird. I thought I was like drinking these get bands and like all this stuff. And I just remember they had a live band and I just started like, talking to these random dudes that were all fly fishermen and they're like yeah and this is my favorite beer from here and i'm like okay and then you know we started talking about brook trout fishing and uh chain pickerel i've been on this fish uh-huh. and and they were like telling me some spots or whatever you know it's just really cool man so yeah definitely um with the brews i would say parkway brewing three notched and old salem brewing those are definitely nice. my three favorite there you go all right good so i'm gonna keep that list going for uh when i when i make it over there and i'll i'll choose i'll choose one of those for the list so yeah for sure nice all right christian well i think that's good i think we feel like we dug into it we got some uh, a little primer on virginia for folks out there and uh yeah if anybody has questions we'll send them over to um miles fly fishing on instagram and they can track you down and get your email there and uh yeah man any uh anything else i guess you want to give a shout out you feel pretty good about this one yeah, I feel good about it, man. Um, I definitely have to give a shout out to a lot of the information that I've learned over the years. Um, definitely a shout out to Mossy Creek Fly Fishing. Um, mm-hmm. They've done a lot for me and have helped me out, you know, with gear, flies, fly tying. Um, and then I got to give it out to uh, Scott Souther, and uh, he's been a really good uh, friend to me. Taught me a lot about fly fishing. He was the manager at Big Lick. And, oh yeah. Uh, Scott Boggs, the owner, he was a really good friend, gave me opportunities to, you know, make some flies for shop and, 
uh, gave me some extra hours, some extra money, you know, work. So that was really cool. And then um, definitely have to shout out to uh, Roanoke chapter of uh, Project Healing Waters, man, because not only have I been able to help them, they've helped me, um, helped me get through some stuff. And it's just a really good way to make friends, family. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I, lo- I love uh, ending on Project Healing Waters. I, I was just kind of thinking about that when you mentioned that. Is The cool thing is, is that where you are too, right? You're in this historic part of the country. Yeah. And you think about the history of, you know, veterans there, right? I mean, literally, right? That was, it is. That was where state that this country was born, you know, from, from that. So, I mean, you're, you are, do you feel that history when you're there? Do you think about that much? Like you're in that one of those places? I do. So, you know, if you go along the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway, uh, there's all sorts of uh, memorabilia and uh, things to read and to look at. And, you know, that's where we grew up as people back in the day. Like that whole entire region, mountain range, um, just learn about it and uh, travel through it and blue line while you're doing it, man. It's just a, a cool thing to do. And it's relaxing, and uh, I don't think there's any other place I would want to fly fish, man. Yeah, blue lining, that's it. Right on, Christian. Well, thanks again for all the time today. Uh, This is going to be exciting uh, to get this one out there. And, uh, yeah, man, let's let's keep in touch on everything, and we'll we'll check back with you soon. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So there it is, wetflyswing.com slash 351. Show notes, links, videos, anything else we talked about today, you can go over to wetflyswing.com slash 351 to get all the information. Quick listener shout out before we get out of here. Uh, Jim Shatrian. Uh, I probably shouldn't be uh, testing that name, but I'm giving it a go. Uh, Jim, I hope I got that close to right. I want to give you a, a big shout out here. We talked recently. Uh, Jim sent an email and uh, mentioned how he's been enjoying the podcast, especially some of the Euronymph episodes and uh He's really dug into that and then also some of the other kind of big guests we've had on. So I'm going to keep trying to work that in. We've had Henry Winkler on in a past episode and there's a few other people. It always keeps it fun for me to be like, okay, who's who's the next uh, big fly fishing uh, kind of megastar that we can get on? So uh, I'm not going to hint at the next uh, couple I'm thinking of, but they're they're in the work. So if you have somebody that you uh, think you'd love to hear on, maybe as a mega mega star or maybe uh, just a cool, um, excellent um, fly fisherman, you can check in with me, Dave, at wetflyswing.com. That's the easiest way probably to uh, I check all those emails, and I love hearing from people. Um, but if you're on social as well, you can ping me, wetflyswing, anytime. That's all I got for you today. I am going to be moving on to the next episode. And I believe the next episode we have is going to be going back to Stillwater with a, uh, a very, uh, very familiar name for those that have been uh, kind of in the West or around Stillwater. So um, that's, uh, that's what we're queuing up next. I'm going to head out of here right now. I am, uh, as we're doing this, uh, just thinking about that next episode. It's going to be fun. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be getting into it. So I hope to see you soon. I uh, hope maybe catch you uh, on the water. And if not online, that's that's a uh, equally as good. And I hope you have a good afternoon, a good evening, or a good morning, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for checking in today. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.